The motorsports world is where legends are made, the unthinkable happens, and barriers are broken. One man harnesses the power of an industry every week. This is the General Tire Down and Dirty Show, powered by Polaris Razor, with Jim Beaver. Welcome to the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. Back in the saddle here, I know those of you tuning in nationally have been getting some best of episodes. Those of you tuning in online, yep, it's been some repeats as well. We are here with a fresh dose of the Down and Dirty Radio Show, and I got to tell you, we are coming out swinging. I mean swinging. We got uh, one of the baddest women on the planet, Tara Geiger, on the show today. She's taking up the entire first hour. Ten years in the making this interview has been. Uh, somehow, some way, we have never, uh, you know, I guess dotted our I's and crossed our T's and had her on the show uh, but uh, I am so, so excited to have T- Tara Geiger on the show. First woman to ever backflip a motorcycle. One of the most accomplished female motocrossers of all time. Yep, she's taking up the entire first hour right here on the show. So thank you guys for tuning in. Everybody on Sirius XM, Sports Byline, the American Forces Network, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our good friends over there at Podcast One, my website, YouTube, wherever you guys are tuning in, thank you guys because uh, you are you got a treat in store for you. Not only that, hour number two, yeah, we got a lot to dive into in hour number two. We got more event cancellations. We got some new uh, event formats starting to pop up. SEMA show has been canceled. Bronco chaos is still ensuing. We're going to dive into all of that, all of the news coming out of the world of motorsports. Not only that, but I am going to Vegas Torino next week. That is right, the longest off-road race in the United States. It got the go papers. I am taking my Polaris Razor there, and I got my good friend Steve Arpin, who's coming in to race with me, as well as Marty Fioca from Racer Magazine. So it's going to be one hell of a good time and one hell of a show there at Vegas Torino. So we'll probably talk about that. But not only that, we got a double dose of power rankings. Been a couple of weeks since we've done power rankings. That is right. We are going to be ranking the top performances in the world of motorsports from the past week. Calling in my media director, Chris Leone, to help tag team that with me. So uh, we have a lot, and I mean, a lot to talk about. Not only that, but as all this is going on, I also went to San Diego for a week and did a little surfing and a lot of skating and uh, had one hell of a good time. So I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe I'll tell you about my trip to San Diego and some of the fun that I had there as well. So I don't know. You got two hours coming at you. Two great hours of the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show powered by Polaris Razor. Hit me up on Twitter if you got any fan questions, and we will see you right after this short commercial break. Whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in wet and dry conditions, or a summer performance tire designed with a driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the all-new G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, cruising with a down-and-dirty radio show since 2012. Want extreme performance, reliability, and the most fun you can have on four wheels? The Polaris Razor brings it to you. But you don't need to take my word for it. You can take theirs. I'm Tanner Faust, and I choose the Polaris Razor because it's the most fun you can have with a steering wheel. What's up? I'm Ronnie Renner, and I choose Polaris Razor because it's the sickest, most reliable side-by-side on the planet. What's up, everybody? Heavy D from Diesel Brothers. Listen, I'm on Team Razor because it's hands down the best piece of machinery on the planet. I'm RJ Anderson, and I choose Polaris Razor because it's the most fun, most capable machine. Action sports stars, TV personalities, and some of the best race car drivers in the world all choose Polaris Razor because it's the ultimate combination of power, suspension, agility, and fun. Find out more information on the web at PolarisRazor.com or follow at Polaris Razor on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and use the hashtag RazorLife to share your story. Conditions off the pavement are always changing, so why settle for a light bar that just turns on and off? The Rigid Adapt is a revolutionary new light bar that will automatically select from eight beam patterns that range from a widespread 90-degree flood to a 15-degree spot based on your vehicle's speed. Try that with your knockoff light bar. A dash-mounted controller allows the user to toggle between adaptive mode. 
beam panels, and RGBW accent lighting. With Adapt, it's easier than ever to own the night. Looking to have some fun on four wheels? Dirtfish Rally School has you covered. Packing as much adrenaline and adventure as you can handle into high-performance all-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive Subaru rally cars is where the fun begins at Dirtfish. Just 30 minutes outside of Seattle and Snoqualmie, you'll get a chance to train up to three full days with some of the country's best instructors and be put through the high-octane rush of rally on mud, dirt, and tarmac. Get started today and call 425-888-7715 or visit us online at dirtfish.com and use code 911 for a 15% discount. When looking for a new wheel for your off-road vehicle, car, truck, or UTV, the choice is easy. You choose what the pros use. Rob McCachron, Keegan Kincaid, and myself, Jim Beaver, all exclusively use Vision Wheel, whether we're dominating Baja, taking the cup at Cranon, or shredding UTVs. Vision Wheel's trend-setting designs and durability will set you apart from the competition and your friends. Check out visionwheel.com or at visionwheel on social media to learn more. Like what you hear? Catch all the back episodes of the Down and Dirty Radio Show on Apple Podcast, and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. I'd like to welcome one of my guests to the show this week. I guess in the special this special interview we're going to be airing on the Down and Dirty Radio Show and Project Action. Uh, I want to say good friend because we've got like a million mutual friends and some that are probably mutual best friends. But Tara Geiger, welcome to the show after nine years finally have you on here like this is like bucket list moment for me here like we're checking one of the boxes off so uh, welcome to the show tara thanks thanks for having me same on my part i always wanted to be on the show so it's cool we can make it happen finally yeah i'm I'm trying to think back and i'm like i you know it's we've got reached out and i looked it i was like i actually have tara's cell phone number in here because i think at one point jolene's like we need to connect you guys and somehow it just hasn't happened till today so i'm excited it's finally happening man um how how is things with you though obviously i know uh you know obviously we're following you on social media and things like that but i know like the whole industry we were just talking i'm getting ready to go back to vegas torino racing i know it seems like whether you're on four wheels two wheels i mean everything kind of came to a standstill i mean how's how's things been with you the past few months what's been keeping you busy during this whole uh i guess kind of quarantine period and as we're slowly kind of inching and creeping our way out of it um yeah for me basically you were saying the mint 400 was your last race and it was actually the same for me. Um, and when all this kind of kicked off, I was actually getting ready to go on a seven-week-in-a-row race schedule. And uh, kind of just everything got put on hold, like the whole world did. And um, since then, I've just been actually living at home for <laughs> once. Like, we moved up to Bend, Oregon about three and a half years ago. And uh, between me and my husband, Dusty, who does the Nitro Circus live shows, We've all we're always just kind of in and out or scrambling to get ready for the next trip. So it's been uh, pretty nice just being at home and actually doing all the things that Bend has to offer, which you know brought us here in the first place. So yeah. we uh, did a lot of camping in the spring, and we bought a a little Honda pit bike, and we were just making like really fun sand tracks out by the campsite, and just we did that for like a month and. Um, I finally got a chance to go up to Idaho and check out Gold Creek Lodge um, and do some riding up there. Um, was able to link up with Cody Webb for one of his little events up there. and um, Basically just enjoying some downtime, really, and kind of filling in with all the, the do in the future list that we had. So um, for the most part, yeah, it's just been kind of staying home and linking up with friends here that are also um, stuck a lot of people weren't working, so um, we were fortunate that in Bend, um, we have so many outdoor spaces that we were able to get out and uh, get a lot of riding in, get a lot of mountain biking in, and just kind of um, hang with friends that way, out kind of out social distancing, as they like to say now, but uh, still out doing the stuff we love to do. Yeah, and I'm I'm lucky. I'm kind of the same way out in rural Arizona here in Parker, and it's like, yeah, we've got all this space and things to where, like, people in the metro areas and stuff, they were hit really hard. Like, we were still out in the razors. We were out, you know, in the water. We were we were doing a lot of things we normally did, you know, and, and try and obviously, like you said, be safe and things like that. But it, I got to say, like, sometimes people that live, I don't want to say off the grid, but out of the metro areas a bit, I think some of us kind of, I, I guess we benefited. I don't want to say benefited from this, but it allowed us to still continue to do what we normally would do to an extent, you know? Yeah, totally. It was, it was pretty nice because uh, normally I miss a lot of the good riding weather at home because I'm traveling 
to Southern California or, you know, other West coast, uh, locations, racing and stuff. And, um, the dirt in the spring here is amazing. And there's a lot of really fun, uh, sand tracks we have. So, um, I was able to ride a lot near home. Like I didn't really slow down, take a month once racing stopped in terms of riding. And, uh, you realize how much of your life, if you're not traveling and, you know, racing, the stuff we do is pretty social distance in a sense, you know, we're riding with our helmets on and it's easy to stop, you know, good ways away from your buddy and chat about something on the trail or whatever it may be. But I think one of the craziest changes was that I think I cooked at home for like <laughs> two and a half months. Like all the restaurants were closed. We didn't do any takeout. Right. We just were grocery shopping and actually having food in the fridge for once was nice. <laughs> Yeah. So did you like get an addiction to cooking where you're like, well, it, you know, are you now like, oh, hell with that. I don't care if I ever cook again. Or was it one of those like, oh, I actually enjoy <laughs> this. I kind of found a hobby that I like. Um, no, I wouldn't say it was a hobby I liked, but <laughs> <laughs> figured out just we had a good routine and like I knew what I had to buy at the grocery store. So that made it easy. So, um, yeah, but it was like, you know, we did the full quarantine the six weeks that they wanted us to and then even a bit more so we uh yeah we didn't i don't think i went out to eat for like yeah it would be at least eight weeks yeah you uh here's a question and i know i've kind of been like in this internal struggle now right because now you know i'm getting ready to go back racing here in a week and we've got utv world championships after that we got a bunch of events coming up and crandon and i've got all these places to go and i'm starting to starting to see things and i'm like man like I'm kind of being torn because I went from being on the road like 30-some weekends a year to all of a sudden this year, like you like you being at home and like, wow, I'm at home. This is what my four walls look like. And so it's like one of those yeah. where I'm torn where I kind of liked it a little bit, but I still really, really miss going out to all the events and racing. So I feel like are you one of those kind of like me where you're moving forward, you're like, you know, instead of being on the road 30-something weekends, maybe we can make it 20-something weekends next year and like spend a little bit more home time and a little bit more – you know, I don't know. I'm kind of being torn. Like, I, I kind of like a little of both worlds now, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think I'm just, like, a creature of habit, too. If I get, like, in a routine, like, right now I'm kind of in a routine of being home. But the minute I get on the routine of being on the road, it's, like, you know, it's, like, it's hard to break that. Yeah. So it takes a little while to be, like, used to being home for weekends on end. But then once you're there, you know, you don't have to think about too much. You're just kind of, like, rolling with it. But it's the same when you get on the road racing. You just kind of roll with it, and it, you know, it just kind of takes a its own momentum. And before you know it, you're like eight races. You've been gone for eight weekends in a row, and but you couldn't think of it the other way. Like you wouldn't be, want to be doing anything else. <laughs> Yeah. Well, gosh, I got so many questions here. So I kind of want to, with this, let's kind of go back to the beginning because I got a bunch of questions on this year and Johnny Campbell. And obviously we got this Pastrano Land Pit Bike Challenge to talk about. Let's kind of go back to the start because I think, uh, you know, obviously I I think a lot of people close to motocross understand your background and things like that. But let's go back to your childhood. I want to go all the way back to Puerto Rico and you growing up and, and things like that. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we know your parents had surf shop. You know, you were like crazy good surfer you know what was the draw to motorcycles though because a lot of people with that upbringing obviously would have went to the water i know your brother's been you know a solid surfer his you know and things like that like what what was the draw to dirt bikes what got you out of the water and into the dirt um i was actually like kind of like i obviously growing up surfing that was the first thing i really learned to do i was in the water since i was a baby um but it was really hard in puerto rico to be a kid nobody gave kids waves or respected them and then being a girl in that community as well was like a double whammy for getting waves I always seemed to be struggling so I really took to other sports I played a lot of team sports and I was really into baseball at the time actually I was playing like boys little league baseball and uh we'd still like do a bunch of stuff you know we were always playing in the streets always riding our bicycles one of my friend my brother's friends had a go-kart and we would, like, pull on skateboards behind the go-kart around the neighborhood. So I really wanted a go-kart, just anything, like, motorized. My parents told me I was going to get run over by a car. So they opted for a motorcycle instead. And uh, I was still when I was, like, playing year-round baseball. But um, I kind of just got over the, the team sport dynamic of I was given 100%. And I didn't really feel like my teammates were. And I was kind of getting discouraged. So the motorcycle thing kind of just fit in because it was something I could do. I wasn't like limiting 
my ability to do it by not getting the opportunities, which in surfing, I wasn't getting the waves to be able to surf as much as I wanted to. Um, and I just kind of took to the motorcycle. My dad picked it up again. He used to ride when he was younger around the, the sand dunes and the beaches in Florida. So, um, he got really into it and that's kind of all his history after that, I guess. And we'll be back with a lot more with Tara Geiger when we return here to the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. I'm going to tell you how you can get real health care for as little as $6 a day. Yes, now you can get affordable health care for you and your family immediately and save as much as 50% off your current monthly health care payments. Our plans are perfect for people that are self-employed, can't afford health benefits where they work, or just want to pay less for their current health care. And coverage is guaranteed regardless of your medical condition. We even offer some of the new Christian faith-based health benefits. Save up to 50% on your family's health care. Make a free quick call now. There are no contracts and we give you a 10-day money-back trial period. Call Provision Enrollment right now for your risk-free guaranteed health insurance quote starting at $6 a day. 800-472-5145. 800-472-5145. That's 800-472-5145. You're listening to the Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. All killer and no filler. Welcome back to the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor with Tara Geiger on the show. So, Tara, how's the transition from riding and, and racing in Puerto Rico to coming stateside? Because I know uh, you, you've kind of been on record saying, man, it was, it was a little bit different shakeup because you were very well accepted over there. You come over here and then it was all immediately like, whoa, pump the brakes. Who is this girl? And like, you know, she's a girl. What? You know, we can't have this happening. And I mean, how, how was that transition? Because I know, you know, and then you came in and you won Loretta's and, you know, that immediately put you on the map anybody in motocross coming up through the ranks you want to win at loretta's but how was that transition from puerto rico here to the u.s because i know you've said it was whoa it was like black and white difference um yeah it was pretty wild because in puerto rico i was the only girl riding motorcycles at the time so um but i'd grown up doing all my sports as being like the only girl doing it and it was never anything my parents discouraged i didn't see anything weird in it because i was like I don't know. I want to play baseball. There's no girls baseball. So I'm playing with the boys. I want to ride motorcycles. There's no girls class. Cause I'm the only one on the Island racing, you know, that's a girl. So when I went up to the States, I was like, Whoa, girls class. Like I can race with just girls. That's cool. And then I ended up doing pretty well. I went to Minios for the first time. Cause 
it was a pretty popular race for a lot of people from Puerto Rico to go to and uh, ended up doing pretty decent because it was very similar to the tracks we had in Puerto Rico. It was like that gator back, it's hard pack, clay, pretty big jumps, which I never had a problem jumping because I never had somebody tell me, oh, girls, you know, girls don't do that because I was racing with boys, so I had to do it yeah. kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, from there, it was just like, oh, maybe we should do more of this racing in the States because I can actually do pretty well against the girls. And I was enjoying the opportunity to race against girls for a change. So, um, but racing like the nationals and you go it's like the amateur nationals and you get like three laps of practice and all of a sudden you're racing. Um, that was a big change for me because in Puerto Rico, we had like four tracks across the Island and we would have a race every month. So for the three weeks leading up to that race, everybody was at that track practicing. So you'd get hundreds of laps in before you ever raced it. So, the whole three laps first time you ever saw a track was pretty eye-opening and just uh just being at a race for a week and doing all that kind of stuff was um definitely took some time to get used to and um eventually once I graduated high school I moved up to Florida and lived with my grandmother full-time and was really able to to start working on everything and get a lot more used to racing like that yeah well, and kind of, you know, I know obviously you came in and, you know, and, and things, you know, went and did motocross the nations that really kind of helped put you on the map as well. And then, you know, insert 2008 X games rolls around and they, you know, invite women to compete. I mean, how big was that for you and, and women's motocross at the time? Cause you, you know, right out of the box, you won, but you know, I, I think, you know, women's motocross was growing, growing, growing. And then all of a sudden, boom, you get that center stage with ESPN and X games that had to have been huge for, for not only you and the sport. Um, yeah, it was really big deal for me because I grew up with action sports, with skating and surfing and, um, all those sports were like a huge part of my upbringing. So X games is always something that I look forward to watching every summer, but never did I think I'd participate in a sport that I can make it, you know, and be on that stage. So when we got invited, it was like, Whoa, this is insane. Like something that was never on my radar is a dream became a dream come true so it was pretty cool and then to get that win right off the bat was pretty special because I never got another gold in all the years I raced it but um, definitely had a lot of memorable battles between supercross and um, then enduro cross as well so um, it took me some pretty crazy places when they had uh, global x and we got to go to Germany Spain and Brazil Um, so yeah that was that was an amazing experience, an amazing uh, like event to be a part of. Yeah. Well, how has it been like in your career arc too? Because X Games kind of helps tell the story a little bit. But you know, obviously, you know, you grew up motocross, you know, supercross, things like that. Then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? You know, with X Games, you're switching and you're doing things like enduro cross. Now we're, you know, getting into today where you're doing a lot of off road racing and things like that. But how has that been? You know, do you feel like it's been pretty progressive? Like, you know, it just naturally is kind of you you've kind of I don't want to say switched disciplines, but kind of shifted gears and your focus and things like that. Or or was it really rough? Because I know talking with Jolene. She said, man, switching to endurocross was brutal on her. She's like, I, I still haven't ever figured it out, you know, and you talk to Trav and Trav just goes, hell with that. I don't even want to try, you know, but you've been really successful with it. You know, how, how was that shift from, you know, racing moto and supercross to, you know, in, into endurocross? Um, yeah, that was for sure one of the uh, most difficult uh, transitions I think I've ever made, but it wasn't like I, I, totally wanted to do it it was just kind of all the card the deck kind of got thrown in the air and the cards fell as they did that um global x was happening in 2013 at the same time mx sports was pretty much getting rid of women's motocross and they went down to a three race like a three round series so at that time you know it wasn't i was on uh Charlie Designs Honda and it was not going to be worth it to them to put in a bunch of work for three rounds you know when their whole race team races 29 races between supercross and motocross so um, that same year 2013 I got the opportunity to go because I had won a silver medal I think it was at uh, X Games in 2012 in the first event of enduro cross that they had so 
because of that, I got invited to Global X. So I kind of embraced it as like a huge opportunity and a huge change and uh, got a chance to get uh, some support from KTM, which, you know, they're, they were the top off-road team at the time. So I'm um, getting a little support from them and, you know, kind of having four big rounds of racing for the year with Global X was kind of just seemed like the thing, the better option than three, you know, rounds in a motocross series that they seem to be wanting to get rid of anyway. Um, but that whole year was a huge learning curve for me because I did all on my own. Um, got a couple of bikes from KTM, but other than that, uh, it was just me on my own figuring stuff out and, um, pretty much moved to California and was practicing at Colton Haker's place and just kind of learning every time I got on the track, but it was brutal. It was a lot of crashing and a lot of picking my bike up. And, um, and I got a couple, couple medals that year though. So, um, still to this day, I never really figured it out. I felt like, um, the last, X games we did in Austin. Um, I raced head to head with Laya Sands uh, for that gold medal, and that was probably the best I've ever raced enduro cross. So, um, kind of my pinnacle for that discipline. Um, and I, you know, got to battle head to head and go back and forth with Laya Sands, who's one of the most amazing off road motorcycle racers uh, in the world. Yeah. Well, talking about Laya, I mean, obviously, you know, you guys, I remember that battle and, uh, you know, she's just a phenomenal world-class talent. I mean, you see what she's been able to do in like the Dakar rally. And now, you know, you, obviously you've got, uh, your ties with Johnny Campbell. I mean, has there been the, ever been that itch in the back of your head? Like, you know what, I'd like to maybe at some point go and try Dakar or something. Um, no, definitely not. Like, like Laya Sands towers over me. She's a big human too. And, uh, she's definitely got the talent and the size to handle a giant rally bike but that's just that's some crazy style of racing and uh i give it you know props to her because she just kind of did it because she wanted to do it and she's made a huge career out of just taking that chance to try it so um you know kudos to her and she's an amazing enduro racer as well i've had the chance to race a couple six days against her and she's phenomenal but for myself, no, I ne- never had any uh, desire to go try to ride a rally and, you know, stare towards sand dunes for hundreds and hundreds of miles. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and especially on a bike, you know, it's like, you know, and I've had this conversation with Toby Price, you know, on the show and Toby and I were talking and it's like, you know, it's one of those like everybody respects the, you know, the guys that go out there in cars and, and you know, and, you know, and, and finish up front. But I told him, I'm like. There's something about a bike. I mean, you know, driving a car for three, 4,000 miles, you make a mistake, and, yeah, you know, you might blow a tire, you might have a problem, something like that, you know, unless it's catastrophic. But on a bike for that long, Tara, I mean, geez, it's like, you know, one small, you know, hiccup, and you're done. Like, it's over on a bike. Like, that's so hard to keep that much focus for that many days, like two weeks straight. Like, I don't know, it's just, it's insane to me that, you know what I mean, that, you know, what, what you know, the motorcycle riders at Dakar are able to accomplish. Yeah, it just it's so mental too it fries your brain like you're saying in a car you can almost drift off because if you hit a hole with one wheel you still got three wheels that didn't hit it so you know you probably stay pretty stable but yeah if you hit that one weird hole and i mean i've ridden out at glamis and uh dumont dunes before and there's so many holes you just don't even see and uh just from the experience of racing uh three international six and goes and one on the bike for you know eight eight hours, eight and a half hours a day, you just start seeing stuff when you're locked in that long. Like you get some crazy tunnel vision and going that fast through terrain you've never seen. I would not want to do that. So, you know, talking about all this, and obviously we'll get into, uh, you know, talking about this year and some of the, some of that, but I want to kind of, you know, you've become one of the faces of, uh, of, you know, of, you know, women's professional motorcycle racing, you know, and how has that been? Because, I mean, obviously you talked about women's motocross series kind of folding up and obviously, you know, somehow, some way you've been able to uh, stitch a career together. You know what I mean? You've had to shift and be really fluid with what you competed in and things like that. But I mean, you know, it's, it's brutally tough on, 
on you know guys to make a career racing motorcycles but i gotta think it's been doubly tough as you know on you i mean you know how, how have you been able to manage that because i feel like you've just been very fluid now, obviously you've got tons of talent but it's like you've been able to shift gears at the right point in time and kind of switch disciplines and and make changes and surround yourself with the right people um definitely i think um i really couldn't have done it you know if red bull wasn't sticking behind me as long as they've had you know i think i signed with them in january of 2006 and going on like 15 years of being together you know it's just an incredible company that's supported me in all those transitions which is amazing on their part and uh yeah that's kind of my goal of the move like all right how can we make you know sponsors happy and keep them stoked and you know i definitely think i've uh taken advantage of the social media side of how sports are going in the sense that Red Bull has kind of been okay with me dabbling in different things as long as I'm out there racing and, you know, promoting the company well. And I've had a lot of other great companies jump on board and uh, got the chance to work with Johnny Campbell and JCR Racing the last couple of years. And um, yeah, it's just been an amazing run. And I've just had this desire to keep racing. I haven't wanted to, you know, call it quits yet and finding these new disciplines is keeping it motiv- motivating and fresh and we've got to take a short commercial break but we'll be back with more with tara geiger when we return here to the gentle tire down and dirty radio show powered by polaris razor I'm Polaris rider Jim Beaver. I race trophy trucks professionally, host a down-and-dirty radio show, and also travel the country announcing motorsports events. I've seen it all, and trust me, I've done most of it, so when it comes time to relax on the weekend, nothing is better than taking time with my family in our Razor vehicles. They've got the reliability I need to just pick up and go explore the desert dunes or trail and have the capability to attack even the harshest terrain. If you're looking for some of the most reliable and safest and hands-down most capable off-road machines in the world, look no further than Polaris and their award-winning lineup of Razor vehicles. Whether you want your daughter to experience off-road driving for the first time in a Razor 170 like me, take the entire family out in a Razor XP4 1000 on the weekend, or shred the desert and dunes in the all-new Razor XP 1000 Fox Edition, Polaris has you handled. Take my advice and join me and some of the best drivers in the world by driving a Polaris Razor. Check out the full Polaris Razor lineup at Polaris.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Polaris. Polaris Razor. Your life demands a tire that provides durability, comfort, and performance, and that's what General Tire delivers for you. From the all-season grip of the Grabber UHP to the comfort and on-road manners of the Grabber HTS to the durability and off-road traction of the Grabber AT2, General has a tire that will help get you where you need to go. So let us take you on your next big adventure. Tweet us at General Tire, hashtag anywhere is possible, because with General Tire, anywhere is possible. When looking for a new wheel for your off-road vehicle, car, truck, or UTV, the choice is easy. You choose what the pros use. Rob McCachron, Keegan Kincaid, and myself, Jim Beaver, all exclusively use Vision Wheel, whether we're dominating Baja, taking the cup at Cranon, or shredding UTVs. Vision Wheel's trend-setting designs and durability will set you apart from the competition and your friends. Check out visionwheel.com or at Vision Wheel on social media to learn more. Looking to have some fun on four wheels? Dirtfish Rally School has you covered. Packing as much adrenaline and adventure as you can handle into high-performance all-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive Subaru rally cars is where the fun begins at Dirtfish. Just 30 minutes outside of Seattle and Snoqualmie, you'll get a chance to train up to three full days with some of the country's best instructors and be put through the high-octane rush of rally on mud, dirt, and tarmac. Get started today and call 425-888-7715 or visit us online at dirtfish.com and use code 911 for a 15% discount. Life is all about sound, the sound of sports, the sound of the racetrack, and the sound of your vehicle. Don't drive around listening to this. Drive around listening to the sound of performance. Gibson Performance. Gibson Performance Exhaust is the company who can turn this into this. Remember that life is all about sound, and Gibson Exhaust is the sound of performance. Check out your next catback exhaust system, headers, muffler, or UTV exhaust at GibsonPerformance.com and get more power and more sound. Like what you hear? Catch all the back episodes of the Down and Dirty Radio Show on Apple Podcast, and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe.
Welcome back to the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. Got my good friend Tara Geiger on the show. And uh, Tara, we're just kind of talking about your career and how you've been able to switch disciplines and, uh, you know, and talking about, uh, you know, how you've been able to make a run at this thing and, and you know, kind of going back to your motocross roots and, and how you've got to where you're at today. I definitely don't think I'd still be racing motocross, even if it was still a series that's just uh doing it for that long i'd probably be pretty cooked on it but just being able to to transition into all the different styles like i did enduro cross probably like four years and um been doing the grand prix on the west coast and this year i just started doing the the national hare and hounds which is a whole different discipline of desert racing and um it's just been a lot of fun and yeah having being on those hondas is just they're fun to ride every day and i've just been staying motivated and somehow you know, sponsors are stoked, and everybody seems to still be happy. And I can win races, so yeah, I guess that's probably why I haven't slowed down. And uh, everybody's kind of psyched on my program. Yeah. Well, how did that? Uh, how did that conversation really start with Johnny? I mean, I and how has that been for you? Because I I know Johnny pretty well, and I can have a conversation with him, and I just feel like I walk away being a smarter race car driver. Just. And he just oozes information and he doesn't even realize it. Like I, he's one of those guys, like when I'm around, you always have your ears open because you never quite know what you're going to pick up and learn. But how did that conversation start? And I mean, you know, and how's it been? Because I mean, you know, going to, to me, I mean, I put him up on my Mount Rushmore of professional motorcycle racers in history. Like he's that good, you know, how has that been for you? Just being mm-hmm. surrounded in that atmosphere, you know? Um, it actually, like we've been working together. Our relationship goes back quite a ways. I'd say, because like I was telling you in uh, 2012, I was on the Charlie Designs Honda team. And then 13, 14, I did a KTM uh, little support program uh, just for Enduro Cross and everything like that. But going into 15, uh, I kind of wanted to get back on a Honda and do Enduro Cross that way. At that time, they had Colton Haker on their team. Sorry about JCR Racing, Colton Haker riding for them. So, um, I actually picked up a couple of Hondas from American Honda and um, I was just kind of picking the ear of their mechanic, Eric Searton at the time. And I went up to their shop in Marietta there and uh, basically was just asking him, you know, what's the setup for Enduro Cross? And Shawnee came in, he's like, how about we just prep your race bikes for you? And, uh, you know, if we have products you need, you're welcome to them. And that's kind of how our relationship was for, I'd say up until last year was kind of like he knew that I had my own sponsors that, you know, I'd get paid from and um, my deal was going to work out better kind of doing it on my own, but they were there to help me. And at the Enduro Cross races, like Eric was, you know, all the help I needed. He was helping me there too. So it kind of went like that for a few years and coming into last year, I was like, you know, Johnny, you've been so much help to me. I kind of, just want to be fully on the program if that's cool with you like run your sponsors let's win this championship because uh, i was going for the national grand prix championship uh ama uh number one plate and i was like let's just go for this together and he was like 100 percent, let's do it and uh that's kind of how i ended up on the team officially but he's been helping me out for like the last five years i think yeah that's it it, has that generated any kind of itch at some point? I know you did the Mint, and they ran out a little bit different format to, but to jump into some of the longer distance, like Baja stuff and things like that, that Johnny's been so successful with in the past? No, I don't think I'd, I want to do that stuff. Like, I come from a track racing background. Yeah. Like, I like to know where I'm going. And, like, the Grand Prix are very much, you know, it's a long off-road race. But for the most part, um, it's – you know kind of what's coming up yeah. and the heron hounds are a little bit different but um i really like the more technical side of the heron hounds um not so much the fast like wide open in the desert so i'm pretty sure i wouldn't really enjoy the the long uh rally style or baja style stuff I tell you what, I watched like old helicopter footage of Johnny down in Baja racing the thousand and going like 130 miles an hour down the beach and things like that. And I look at that and I'm just like, this guy's nuts. Like, I mean, he is so ridiculously like, it's like artwork watching him. It's so graceful. It's like a guy dancing on a motorcycle. And it's like, you watch that helicopter footage and you're just like, man, this is like, he's such another planet good, you know, back in his, back in his prime, you know, it was like nuts. Yeah. So I look at that. You had to be. 
Yeah, you had to be pretty precise on those bikes he was riding, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, pretty wild that he even did it on the machines he was on. Right, yeah. And heavy bikes, man, those old XR650s and stuff like that. I mean, it was just, those things were rowdy. But, uh, you know, shifting gears here, I want to go back. There's a couple of things. Obviously, we'll kind of come into present day here in a minute. But I want to I want to go back because I've had this had a, a similar conversation uh, with Jolene. And I wanted to and she's always tipped the cap to you and said, well, Tara was first, actually. But I want to go back to to TP's house like circa a decade ago and talk about backflipping, because technically Jolene says you're the first person, first female to ever backflip a dirt bike. Obviously, she did it on the big bike, but take us through that because I know there was a, a Travis had what invited a few of you, uh, a few of female motocross riders out to try this, right? And you were the only one to actually kind of stomp one on the smaller bike. How, how did that all work? Because I know there's some funny old videos that Nitro Circus plays every once in a while up on YouTube and things like that of the whole process, but kind of takes us back to there. And how did that whole conversation start? Um, it was actually uh, when I was on, uh, I believe I was on the team. Uh, Yamaha team with Sarah Whitmore at the time. So we were traveling around uh, the country with our dads and our campers. And um, it was at Steel City. And Travis came up from Maryland to hang out for the day with Sarah because they're good friends. They go back a long time. Um, And uh, he kind of, that's where I met him for the first time ever. Uh, So that would have been, you know, beginning of September, Steel City, when it was the final round of the national uh, AMA nationals. And, uh, yeah, a few weeks later, I had flown back to Puerto Rico, and Travis calls me up. He's like, I want to fly you up to Maryland, and I want you and Sarah to to go head-to-head in a backflip duel, see who can land a backflip first. And, you know, I'm just this kid from Puerto Rico that races women's motocross, and Travis Pastrana's calling me up to go backflips at his house. And he was – obviously, that was when foam pits were new, so he was, like, one of the only people in foam pit. And, you know, he was pioneering the backflip and getting a ton of people to learn it. So, of course, I said yes. And um, we get up there, and he has all these ways we're going to learn it planned. Like, uh, first we started into a pool, which I turned out was not really helpful. He just went in bikinis. <laughs> so, that part was pretty funny. But uh, uh, there were trying gainers in the pool off his diving board, and then uh, – backflipping a bicycle into a small foam pit and then finally going to the big foam pit uh on the mini bikes to then go to the big bikes but when i got on the big bike um this is one of the things in the footage is i didn't get flipped at all off the little like quarter pipe against the uh, foam pit and when i came down they said just don't ever let go of the bike because then the bike's gonna can land on you so i held on the bike but the handlebars came through my helmet and hit me in the face and gave me like a huge bloody nose. So that was like me buried in the foam pit while fuel pouring on me with a bloody nose and Travis shoving a camera in my face, asking me how I felt and what went wrong. And I was like, I don't know, but gas is pouring on me and there's blood in my mouth. Please like just stop filming. (laughs) But uh, at that point he thought that like it was all over and done, but uh, I came out the next morning. I was like, well, I got it good on the the little bike, so I want to at least land that to dirt. And um, pretty much I was like, just set up the ramp that I'm going to use the foam pit and set up the distance. And I did it like five times. I was like, just go. Now I'll set up the ramp to dirt. I'm not even going to look at it because doing a backflip's like 90% mental. You just got to remind yourself, just keep looking back and like the bike's going to come around. So um had them just set it up and I just came around I was like, make sure the cameras are filming. I'm just going to come around and do it. And that's pretty much what I did. Um, but then he like wanted me to come back to do it on big bikes and everything. And at this point, he had met Jolene through Sarah and uh, also Jolene's brother, Billy. And uh, he wanted me to come back. But I was like, you know, headstrong, focused on racing. And that's all I want to yeah. do. I had all these racing goals. And uh, women's motocross was kind of taken off. So I didn't really want any part of the freestyle aspect, but Jolene was all about it. And her and her brother went and they stomped a few backflips and the rest is history for them. They're still part of, you know, they took nitro super far with Jolene doing the TV show. And now her brother's uh, one of the main guys on the nitro live tour for behind the scenes stuff. So, um, but 
yeah, so that's kind of how I ended up there. And my friendship with Travis, it's still going. I still end up there at Pastrana Land with bad ideas and a few injuries here and there from the place. Is there any good ideas that come out of there? Because I know, Trav, I get invited back there at least no short of three times a year, and I haven't made it back there yet because I've always got something going. But it's like the things that he texts me that he wants me to try, and I'm just like – <laughs> it's got me kind of half scared to go back there and show up because I'm like, at some point I know I'm going to get into positions. I probably don't want to be in and doing things I probably shouldn't be doing, you know? Yeah. He's a great salesman. <laughs> and if Travis has confidence in you, you're pretty sure you have, you have the skill. You just have to have confidence in yourself. But then again, maybe you shouldn't be even thinking about the opportunity that he's giving you. <laughs> Uh, well, that being said, we do have to talk. I know you got uh, – it's the Pit Bike uh, – Pastrana Land Pit Bike Challenge. I don't know if I'm getting the name officially right, but I know it airs on ESPN2, 15th of the month. The YouTube clip, I think it's about 30 to 60 seconds long, the teaser that they're airing. I got to tell you, Tara, this track looks insane. I It looks like a hell of a lot of fun, too. Um, Yeah, it looks fun, but uh, <laughs> I can assure you that it was terrifying. It's definitely a terrifying track, and um, – it's basically if you took a like old style X Games freestyle course, but then made it some sort of morbid pit bike track. I feel like it's some, it's something like that. Like it's nuts. The jumps and things we had to do on these little bikes. It's uh it's pretty amazing. So it was really fun, uh, but also terrifying. Well, I know looking at the footage, and I'm like. It, it looked like it might have been a lot of fun if you had the track to yourself, but it looked like they crammed literally as many of you onto the course as you possibly could at one time. And that's when I think it's just like, it was like chaos, at least from the 60-second clip I've seen. Like, I, I'm really excited to see the full race because I, I think it's going to be entertaining, let's to say the least. Um, yeah, definitely. It was, uh, we had 22 riders, and I think, yeah, so... You had 22 riders, and I think the final took 10. I think we did 10-person races. So there was a lot of racing, a lot of, like, people going down, a lot of good crashes, but it's all it's fun. Like, uh, all riding stock KLX 110s, uh, we were all provided with the same exact bike. So it took the, the frustrating part of pit bike racing out of it, I think, because a lot of people, like, you can show up and you basically have a, a super mini in a pit bike, you know, you have a, a 144 motor inside a pit bike. And at that time, you know, you can jump 80 feet on one of those things, but you put a stock motor that's meant for a 60 pound kid to ride around and not jump and make us jump, you know, like 30 foot booters. Um, it was definitely wild. <laughs> well, here's a question, you know, as we kind of, kind of get towards uh, wrapping this thing up, but I know like th- there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of women, a lot of, well, motocross riders just in general. But, uh, you know, Jolene, obviously, she's gone and done some stuff in UTVs and done some racing with me. I know Sarah Price has, you know, gone full into the deep end of UTVs and things like that. Uh, been any interest in you on switching to four wheels, maybe doing a little bit of UTV stuff or, uh, or you know, some off-road stuff with four wheels? Um, uh, I haven't really had a ton of interest in it. Um, just I think I like the physical aspect of the two wheel stuff more. I really like pushing my body for no reason and torturing myself to get in shape and be physically prepared. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that motivates me to, to do that kind of stuff is, is, uh, being just extra, like being more in shape than the other person knowing I can go further or, you know, uh, I can take that pain for longer. And I just know that's maybe not necessarily the case when you're, uh, sitting in a, a seat, you know, holding onto a steering wheel, but uh, I've never really driven too many UTVs, so I can't say whether I would really like it or not, but the motivation to get into it's just not there like I have for the two-wheel side of racing. Well, Tara, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Those of you that want more from Tara Geiger, this is going to be aired uncut on Project Action, and I think there's an additional five minutes we're going to slide into that episode. So go and check it out, Project Action on Podcast One. With that, we are going to take a short commercial break. We'll be back here on the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. I don't even recognize myself anymore. 
I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. Hey, look, I, I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill, but I was out of options. I, I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help. People who have felt your pain. They know what you're going through. This has to stop. I, I'm losing everything. Everyone. You've been strong your whole life. You can do this, but you have to reach out for help. It's time. I can do this. Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment. Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906. 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. This is a potter's field. When people can't pay for their funerals, they are buried here. It is a lonely, desolate place, littered with unmarked headstones. No one visits. No one leaves flowers. But it doesn't have to be that way. For as low as $1 a day, you can ensure your family will have the money to pay your funeral expenses. We offer burial insurance plans that pay up to $30,000. Considering the average funeral costs more than $10,000, that's peace of mind for your family. There are no medical exams, your rates won't increase, and your policy cannot be canceled as long as you make your premium payments. Call now to get approved in minutes and ensure your final resting place is more than just a pauper's grave in a potter's field. 800-516-2499. 800-516-2499. Again, that's 800-516-2499. Paid for by Final Expense Direct. Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedar sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California. Dedicated to your health, your life, and your sports. As a weekend warrior, you know about sports injuries and pain. Exercise is an important element in keeping your body's core in good shape to minimize sports injuries. But when you are in pain, there is one product that I recommend to my patients, and that is Blue Goo Gel. Blue Goo consists of a proprietary formula developed specifically for the treatment of inflammation and general muscle aches and strains. I recommend Blue Goo for my patients coping with hip and knee pain before surgery, especially bursitis and tendonitis. Give Blue Goo a try. Call 1-888-330-0123 and you'll receive a one-week supply of Blue Goo absolutely free. The makers of Blue Goo are even paying the shipping. The number again is 1-888-330-0123. If you want more information on Blue Goo, visit online at www.dothegoo.com. Now available at select big five stores near you. And we are back here on the Gentle Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor, to wrap up our number one. And a big, big thanks to all of you for, uh, for uh, I don't know, staying with us, man, for uh, almost 10 years now. Long, long time to be on our radio, but uh, thanks for tuning in today. Everybody tuning in on Dan Patrick Radio, Sirius XM Channel 211. That is the 211. Yes, thank you guys. You guys are going to be tuning out for hour number two. If you're on Sports Byline or tuning in on the Internet or American Forces Network, you got a lot of fun coming at you hour number two got chris leone with power rankings i'm gonna dive into the news and everything uh, happening in the world of motorsports and a whole hell of a lot more but uh yeah thank you guys uh you know for the continued support and a big shout out to uh tara 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 geiger tara that's a big mistake a lot of people call her tara geiger's tara geiger Tara Geiger for coming on the show. First time in 10 years, and I don't know how it took so damn long. But uh, you know what? Um, you know, a lot of people are sitting at home right now, right? Uh, you know, you can't go to the racetrack. A lot of people working from home. You know what you need to do? Get behind the wheel, and you can do it with iRacing. Use a co- coupon code pr Beaver, and uh, it's going to get you a big discount when you sign up for the iRacing service. You can sim race and virtually race all of the biggest and best racetracks around the globe right from the comfort of your own home. Check it out. It's iRacing, and uh, use that coupon code pr Beaver, and that is going to get you a big 50% off sign-up bonus. And uh, with that, we're going to take a short commercial break. We'll be back with hour number two right here on the General Tire Down and Dirty Radio Show, powered by Polaris Razor. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network.